Hello and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast. That over there, very sleepy, is Fox Lee. Uh, uh, in my defense, there were cartoons. Over there, extremely tired, is Jeb Wrench. As always. <laughs> and I, having not gotten enough sleep, am Talon Lee. We're all dead. So, uh... We'd like to thank all of our we'd like to thank all of our patrons for supporting the podcast and we will see you next time. <laughs> we had a good run. So hey, on the subject of video games, which I'm going to drag this podcast onto if I have to. <laughs> sure. Uh, Fox, have you played any video game in the past week? Astonishingly, yes. Yeah. Because uh, Sonic Mania. Hell. I figure I'm going to get this out of the way fast. <laughs> I, what? This isn't something you get out of the way. This is like, fuck, Sonic is good again. See, that's the line I was hoping to avoid. <laughs> what? Because This time it's actually true. That's going to start a fight. I don't know with who. Someone's going to burst through the wall and yell, what about colors, motherfucker? I don't care with who. <laughs> this is definitely the Sonic is good again game. Okay. I tried colors and it was eh. <laughs> Um, See, I've had one really big problem with most of the Sonic is Good Again games so far, which is, fuck off, I can't play Tails. (laughs) You have a very specific niche interest. I do! Look, if it's wrong to have been a nine-year-old experiencing her first video games going, I just want to be the Fox Boy. He's cute. So, uh, real quick rundown. What's Sonic Mania? Uh, a ferociously retro fan servicey Sonic remake where they just went, what if it looks like the Mega Drive Mega Drive games again? Um, like, really, really looks like the Mega Drive games again. I'm pretty sure they straight up lifted a bunch of assets. No, those, that's that's a thirty that's a thirty two bit palette. Okay, sure, but maybe they like recolored some of the. Uh... It's more like it's more like what if what if there was a good Sonic game on on the Saturn. Is what I <laughs> that would have been incredible. Sure, sure, uh, good enough. But I mean, it, it's obviously done in the mold of mm-hmm. the Mega Drive games. Well, that's how they would have um, made a good. That's how they would have made a good Sonic game on Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> and I, instead, they made what was it on the Saturn? 3D Blast. Surely, the good Sonic game on the Saturn was Knights. Well, yeah. Sega jokes. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, except for the part where Knights isn't very Sonicy. It's Sonic teamy, but it's not very Sonicy. <laughs> Yeah, um, so... It's the best 3D Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jeb agrees with you. So, kind of in the vein of a Shovel Knight-style thing, of we are using the aesthetic of this system, but Mm. we are not constraining ourselves to it. No, Shovel Knight does it better. Well, Shovel Knight also (laughs) cheats. Well, Shovel Knight Knight, uh, gets rid of a lot of the, 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 the bad design decisions... Of the era that it was that it's trying to ape, and Sonic Mania doesn't. See, this is where we could fight about it, but I choose not to because I enjoy all that shit. Really, but lives are bad. It's they're bad. Okay, that is the one thing I will concede. <laughs> that lives is exactly are what bad. I was. That is exactly what I was referring to. <laughs> okay, but everything else I'm down with, and at least they do have the the save system from Sonic Three, which is. <laughs> Not as good as getting rid of lives entirely, but is better than basically every other alternative. All right, explain to me, as someone who's not played this game, how is the life system implemented? Is it you run out of lives and then you can restart with the the beginning of the act? You go back to the beginning of the entire act. You go back to the uh, stage. It's stage. Yeah, the the zone. Yeah, Yeah, zone. That's the word. Okay. Uh, You still have continues, right? Or did they take those out? 
No, I think they replaced those with the live system. I don't remember seeing a continue option. I remember so either, I, but that's because after the initial run, I was playing so badly for the most part that I never would have gotten the continue anyway. There may be continues, but... Alright, okay. No, that, that that makes sense to me now. Um, oh, yeah, it's basically yeah. you have a safe file you can restart from the beginning of that zone if mm-hmm. you completely cock up. Okay. Okay, that's... That, so... I, and because I, it's on a modern system, you can put it on standby, which, you know, obviously you could not do with the Mega Drive. Well, you could turn the screen off and pause it, but mm-hmm. that doesn't really work. <laughs> so overall, the the game is a, um, you know, it is not perfect. No. Um, holy shit, it's incredibly cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> that opening animation is... Uh, Probably only Sonic fans who have listened to the podcast <laughs> would be aware of the Sonic Boom video clip, which, by the way, I fucking love that song. <laughs> Not the new Sonic Boom, the Sonic Boom song that came off of Sonic CD. Oh, They, they did a little yeah. music video for it, which is probably the best bit of Sonic animation from that era bar none. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a nice bit of Sonic running around and doing speed things. Like, I can't really fly, but I sure can't fling myself a long way and... All that kind of neat stuff. And it, it's a very, uh, uh, you know, 90s rock wailing guitars kind of... I love that friggin' song. It's the good Sonic song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> um, um, I was mostly just going to continue in that vein. Like, the, one thing I really did not realize I, I felt so keenly is that, holy shit, Sonic scenery got boring when they went 3D? I did not realize how much I missed that 2D aesthetic with the, like, weird techno-organic geometric patterns, just completely unrealistic, but really interesting. (laughs) Also that, yeah. But, like, even when they were colorful in the 3D ones, they were like, here's some realistic-looking trees that happen to be really bright and colorful. I don't want that. I want weird fucking square trees with, with bands on their trunks and, like, fruits that look like glittery diamonds and... Sonic used to look super interesting in the backgrounds, and it just doesn't anymore, and I didn't realize how badly I missed that. Mm. Sounds like Sonic used to look in a way that was really easy to do on a Genesis. I'm sure that had a lot... Well, with a Master System, that, like, when they started the aesthetic, they didn't have a Mega Drive yet. Um, and what about you, Jeff? You you have uh, played some... You've played some uh, Mania? Well, you know what I've often said about Sonic games, right? Lots of things. Hurtful things. Yeah, the the things that get people to yell at me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. How, you know, there's no such thing as a good Sonic, Sonic game. I can't say that anymore. <laughs> Sonic Mania, for, for all the stuff that I don't like about it, it's still really good. <laughs> I am I haven't played it yet, and I'm going to be interested to play it in light of having played Freedom Planet alongside a game developer. Because... Mm-hmm. He was telling me about how, because I, I was never a Sonic kid. I never had a console as a kid. So this this whole generational knowledge, like this grokking of how Sonic works was never there for me. <laughs> you You're like Jazz that best of Nintendo emulation kid. I had Jazz Jackrabbit who was, let's not go there. Um, Jazz Jackrabbit was as much making fun of Sonic as using the Sonic form. Jazz, like Jack Jack Jazz Jackrabbit was amazing. I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. Oh, I'm not saying it's bad. I loved my <laughs> Jazz Jackrabbit. Hell yeah. 
the uh, the chip tune remix of Carol of the Bells for the Hell Jazz yeah. Jackrabbit Christmas special is still Hell one of the yeah. best bits of music produced by a computer. Let's not go there, says Talon, as the rest of the podcast <laughs> screams. Hey, over you, give me that wheel. <laughs> we go in there. Um, but uh, Freedom Planet. Like, I, I never quite got why it was so hard for anyone to reproduce the Sonic effect. Like, I thought, surely, if they've got all these examples of the games that do things well, how hard can it be to iterate on that? Even even vis- even if you can't get it right visually, surely the gameplay should be able to feel right, because that's a thing that we, we study. And this friend of mine was stepping me through it with Freedom Planet, pointing out that there's a lot of stuff in Sonic level design that's more emergent than it was expected. Like... <laughs> If you, if you really sit down and look through a level in the original Sonic games, there are lots of points where you stand still. There are, <laughs> there are points where you're waiting for things to move into position. And if you just throw yourself at the scenery, you'll often get hurt or. Unless you already know exactly where to throw yourself. Yeah. And that means that mastery of the game starts to represent perfect progress through, through the level at speed. And that's really interesting. And Freedom Planet kind of solves a lot of those problems by dint of making the the things you hit when you don't play things perfectly not walls but ramps so there's lots of points where you get through slower and not as cool but you don't get arrested whereas the original sonic games had a lot of arrest points so like i'm or really spikes. interested to see if yeah, yeah they're more likely to fling you into things that would hurt you that too. which also does stop you, but it, it keeps the action going i guess hmm uh, and then there's a frantic pickup of your rings and everything. And the way he phrased it is the most embarrassing thing about Freedom Planet is that they just fixed the problems. They didn't do anything innovative. They didn't do anything amazing. They just went, oh, what if these levels were better? And I don't know. Like that, that is that is effectively a quote of someone else. I'm not. I can't support that. I can't back up what he said. But that means that Sonic Mania, with the way people are reacting to it, people who both have that intuitive sense and people who are coming to it for the first time are all reacting as if it's, like, it's a really good game and it's a really good Sonic game. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, the big thing they've fucked up about Sonic for so long and since they went 3D is the level design. It, not not so much about where you're stopping and starting and, and where you have to have mastery to know where to go or any of that kind of stuff, but just if you look at t- uh, 2D Sonic stages from the first three games, they're huge and sprawling and there's so many paths. There was at one point a book that I, this is one of my big should have bought it on the spot regrets uh, in one of those little pop-up bookshops that happens in, in our malls. Um, there was a book that had maps of the the levels in Sonic 2, I want to say. Just like entire strips where you could look at all the paths as, as a one complete image. And they're fucking extraordinary. It, they really lost that when they went 3D. I mean, I, I see why, because all of a sudden we can't, like, we don't really have the resources to make a whole bunch of interesting paths, mm. and you'd have to be able to see them realistically as well, so I guess we'd have to make the space for all of them a lot bigger, and... Navigating a huge number of 3D paths is definitively dif- more difficult than a 2D path. Yeah, and they're already struggling hugely with how to do Sonic in 3D to begin with. Mm. But, yeah, that's that's another part of why Mania is so satisfying to me, the it's really big fucking levels again. There's tons of ways to go, and very few of them end with just dropping you into bottomless pits if you go down too far. Some of mm-hmm. them still, but... <laughs> oh, also, Jeb, saloon level. Have you been there yet? Not yet. Ah! Okay, but I, I did can't see, say... I did see, well, no, I did see a picture on Twitter that made me very happy. 
You seen who shows up? I, I did see who shows up. That made me very happy. <laughs> I don't know what these two are talking about. <laughs> no, you were there when I was like, oh my god, it's oh, okay, thing cool. I and, can't... and thing. Oh my god, they put thing in as well. Espio <laughs> returns 2017. Oh, actually, I would have liked that even better. He's my favorite I, Chaotix. I would have liked, I, I wanted to see more Chaotix. <laughs> Now, not, not not to try and turn this into suddenly we're just talking about Sonic the podcast because that's I mean, what we could. We that's could. what this podcast does. Give me that wheel by default. But I always felt it was a little sad once I learned that the Chaotix existed. That Chaotix wasn't effectively Sega doing the Lost Vikings. <laughs> no, that would have wasn't. been pretty sweet. Yeah. But Sonic Heroes was Sega doing Lost Vikings, and they cocked that up, didn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Chaotix were in that. Mm. Yeah, Sonic Heroes is not a good game. <laughs> Sorry. But yes, it's it's not perfect. Uh, there's, there's There are minor problems. There are collision and clipping problems that have annoyed me since Sonic 2 in the chemical <laughs> zone, plant zone, those fucking blocks that don't work right. <laughs> Keep crushing me and taking all my lives. Wouldn't be so God. bad if there wasn't a live system, but... um. And also, there's a mix of either the bosses are really cool or bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Quirky Egg Miniboss Squad. They're pretty fun. I gotta say that that's a step up from earlier Sonic games where, and I haven't played all of them, but as far as I can tell, the bosses are all really boring. Um, well, the thing I- is, I think with Sonic Mania bosses, there's no just basic kind of boss that you fight. Like there's no there's no uh uh Green Hill Zone boss. <laughs> this guy like, rides back and forth across the screen and you have to right. not get hit. And it, hit there's it. no there's no basic level boss that okay, this is the point that we're ramping up from in com- in complexity. It's no orientation. It starts with the final boss from Sonic Two. <laughs> yeah, Sonic Two. That was fucked up, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, what are you doing here? <laughs> Wait, I know how to do this. Well, dang. It is very squarely aimed at at, uh, at old fans. Like, if the mm-hmm. retro aesthetic didn't give that away, it's also designed to go, you know how to fight this. You did this. Might have been 25 years ago, but you did this. But uh, huh. some, of the, some of the bosses I've run into have just been uh, so wonderful. I, oh, the, um, the uh, Hydro City boss... And that, that was fucking delightful. But yeah, there's there's one boss where the the mid act boss you don't see what's going on at first, but uh, you you sort of go through a panel and jump into a vehicle, and suddenly you realize you're playing the boss from the original version of this stage. <laughs> like you're you're riding in the Eggman hovercraft, and you got to try and and you know damage him the same way that he attacked you when you were playing this the first time around. Huh. <laughs> It's a, it's a boss lift from Sonic 3, but it's reversed. And isn't there one where you have to play Tetris? No! You have to play Columns, you thought, well, no, uh, Puyo Pop, you really, play, Mean you Bean play, Machine. You play Mr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine against <laughs> Mr. Robotnik. Yes! <laughs> and I'm calling him Mr. because I'm revoking his doctorate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he bought that doctorate. Or else it came from, you know, Robotnik University. Kintabor, you. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. 
Uh-huh. I do have one complaint about Mania. Um, I do not like the Catch the UFO stages. I do not like them at all. I like those, the those rotating really, sphere stages yeah. from Sonic 3. I, I enjoyed those the first time around. I like playing them again. But I wish they'd just plain up rip the special stages from Sonic 2 as well instead of doing the UFO. Fucking hate that UFO. Makes yeah, that me comes, very cross. That, that, that comes from Sonic CD, right? Nah. See, I didn't know. I, I probably so. because I was terrible at it then as well. I think that comes from it. It doesn't make it good, but uh, I think <laughs> it comes from Sonic CD. That uh, wouldn't surprise me because I, yeah, I have a very vague memory of any special stages in Sonic CD, but they must have been there. But they're the, those stages. The the catch the UFO stages are just so floaty. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm used to having pretty decent air control with with uh, Sonic games, and these are just like good luck turning that corner. Fuck you. And the and the boundaries of what Sonic can and can't jump over in those is weird. Yeah. Like for sure, it's like okay, there's nothing above me. I should be able to no, nope. And you know, add the routing to that. Just trying to keep track of the fucking thing in some of those stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that was tedious more than anything. But I'll forgive it for that because I've enjoyed so much else in it. It's easier. It's easy to forgive a game's shortcomings when you're having a lot of fun with the rest of it. Yeah, which absolutely. is about how I, which is exactly how I feel with Sonic Mania. Like the 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 spider, <laughs> the bouncy spider boss. Oh, I like that one. Uh, I didn't because it bugged out on me a few times and didn't behave properly, and so I couldn't damage okay, it. Okay, that's bullshit. <laughs> okay, that would ruin it. Yeah. I uh. I, well, that go on. Last thing, I did eventually get past it though, because the one time I tried it, it worked. <laughs> That was the thing with me and uh, Mass Effect 3, in that I, I made sure to take detailed notes of my playthrough experience of Mass Effect 3, which I clearly liked quite a lot. I sunk 80 hours into the multiplayer before I ever finished the campaign. But those last... The end of the notes is just arg, 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 arg. Those last 45 minutes are so bad that it colored my experience of the whole game. There's like an hour of sheer delight when you're in the Citadel, and then it's back to arg, 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 arg. No, not even. It's more sort of like, why did they think this was a good idea? Anyway, um, what about you, Jeb? Have you been playing a video game this week? You mean besides Sonic Mania? Yes, I, well, <laughs> I, 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 am I the only one who hasn't played Sonic Mania this week? Am I the weird one? <laughs> like in the world. You're the only one who hasn't played Sonic Mania this week, period. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I uh, actually, because there's been that QuakeCon sale. Uh, ah, yes. On uh, various... Actually, I think it's there's a QuakeCon sale on literally everything, whether it's Desiree. Steam or GOG or oh. the PSN store. <laughs> um, you know what game is made by Bethesda? Is 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 uh is published by Bethesda? Ooh, lots of them. I was going to say Dishonored. No, I I'm not interested in Dishonored. No. Um. Well, you see, <laughs> okay. Here's here's three things about me that you may not know. I uh, I struggle sometimes with object permanence. I have oh, no. trouble trusting my own perception, and I have memory issues. You went and got Prey, didn't you? I bought Prey. Oh, dear. I make very bad decisions. Yeah. Because Jesus Christ. Ooh. Yeah, and that's not a game that passes up opportunities to fuck with you. No, it's really yeah, good at what it wants you. to do. I fucked with you pretty hard at last check as yeah. well. Yeah, it really messed me up. Um, I haven't played it. It is it is a game that if you happen to have the, any of the three 
situations that, that I have that I that I experience, especially with the object permanence one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would not recommend playing Prey. Yeah. Because it is extremely difficult for me to get across a room in Prey. Yeah, that sounds really rough. <laughs> and it doesn't get better later. It doesn't get any better. No, the more you play it, it gets worse. Yeah. But, wow, it's really good at what it wants to do. Yeah, what, what, what do you think of the aesthetic of the space station? Because like, you've, you've been able to get through that first uh, part. By the, way, that. by the way, it's on the space station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I, I, I love the way that game looks. Yeah. So Space Station, that's basically the best way to work in isolation and claustrophobia both at the same time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty basic parlor trick for horror games, but it works. Um, it's like, they have, like, this this art deco aesthetic going on, mm. and it's great because the whole thing was started in the 60s by, yeah. by, 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 by John Kennedy after he faked his death. <laughs> <laughs> and the Russians who are working together. I was not yeah. expecting that. Yeah. Well, the, the whole premise is that something happened in outer space to a Russian space satellite and they contacted America and were like, okay, this is really important. Mm-hmm. This is so important, so we're going to fake to the make, death of Kennedy. This is this is what it took to make America and Russia say, fuck the Cold War, we need to work together. Yeah, let, let's yes. keep the Cold War going on Earth because it's good for business. <clears throat> but we're making a space station and it's rad as hell. Yeah, God, um, I almost want—I almost want a, a, another game that's just set on that space station where things aren't going wrong. You—you you know, it would be just like a perfectly targeted Jeb thing, Fallout Shelter for that space station, just without the <laughs> without like you know the actual alien stuff. Just like yeah, manage a research station that's got that's, a certain amount of time. That's Startopia, isn't it? Yeah. Good now point. we're digging deep. <laughs> now we are fucking digging yeah. deep. There's also a game in game that's a CCG. <laughs> Goodbye forever. <laughs> we'll miss you, Jab. We loved you. Um the the uh the nature of prey is also that it rewards very squirrely behavior. Like if you're the kind of person who will see a room full of cups and go, "Well, I'm taking all of these to the replicator." <laughs> uh prey prey rewards that behavior by giving you resources you can spend. Um mm-hmm. and I'm told that I'm told I've never done this, so I cannot actually say that this. I don't know how you do this, but I'm told that you can take corpses and chairs and any pickupable object and force them into the replicator, which means that they want. Means that over time, for the truly uh, obsessive people on this one, you wind up with these, you know, slowly stripping bare your environment of everything that makes it look nice in the name of having more guns. Which you're is- the mimic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, um, okay, so a replicator, like, it's a transformational thing. It's not like, well, I have a dozen coffee cups, you know what, I really need two dozen coffee cups. No, 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 no. Because when you say replicator... Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, it breaks down everything into component parts. Okay. And then you can just feed them 3D printable recipes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there's also, um, the, the, I don't know if Jeb's gotten to them, but there are spacewalk segments. I have not gotten any spacewalks yet. (laughs) They are full 360 control Space momentum. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have to do, like, three or four of them. And, like, even when I thought I might play that game a second time, thinking about those segments was like, no, I probably won't. 
Oh, those might be a well. I, obviously, I don't know what happens during them, but those might be a little bit easier for me than just mm. um. Okay, okay. Uh, in order for me to get across a room in prey, not only do I have to like keep constantly check checking and rechecking everything in the room, but I have to like avoid looking away from as much as possible. Ah, uh, yeah, I can uh. see that <laughs> because I will. I, there, there have been many times I have seen something, like, you know, there'll be a chair in the middle of the room. I will look away, and then when I look back, and there's a chair in the middle of the room, I can't remember if that chair was there before or not. And it doesn't help that a few times, that chair wasn't there before. Because now it's it's trying to kill me. And on the note of Politrix, by the way, uh, later in the game, uh, there will be points where you're walking across a room, the lights will go out for a split second, and things in the room have changed. Oh no. And yeah, don't tell him that. Yeah, well, I'm just no, saying actually, that's like, a, that's actually a good thing to know. <laughs> yeah, like pray, like like I said, pray is not a game that passes up opportunities to fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost like that. If you fail to do that with the particular concepts that pray has in play, you've almost let people down. Yeah, no, pray pray goes all in on it on what it wants to do, and it. I was seeing someone, uh, someone was going on on Twitter, I guess, about where have all the horror games gone? It's like, what? <laughs> what? This is 2017. This is the year of Resident Evil 7? This yeah. is the year of fucking Prey? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I can definitely understand someone who, who looked at Outlast 2 and said, oh my goodness, horror is dead. But just stop looking at Outlast 2. Probably more of a shift in what people are willing to call horror games. Like at the point where you're calling Bloodborne horror, I mean, I mean, yes, but it's I, definitely a but. I have a whole thing to talk about when it comes to Bloodborne and horror. It's it's a genuinely interesting thing. Um, yeah, a topic for another time on the horizon. I have I have in fact started playing Bloodborne. Uh, the thing that's holding me up the most is I'm really bad at noticing the uh, like not campfires but the campfire like <laughs> things. The bonfires. Let's be the, honest. The lanterns. Yeah, the lanterns. So I, I. They are so fucking hard to spot. I, yeah, I'm super if I knew paranoid. You were playing, I would, I would fire it up too. We could like call up sometimes. <gasps> yeah, be a bad idea. I want to be around for that. <laughs> Watch making fun of how bad I am at this game. Anyway, I would never. Um, the uh, uh, well, yeah, was, we were still talking about whole prey and horror. That's right. <laughs> well, I interestingly that segues into what I've been playing this week. What have you been playing, Tal? Because I've been playing uh, amongst other things. Stories Untold, (laughs) which I, just to double check, Jeb, have you played Stories Untold? I have not. I've heard of it, though. Okay. Take take this not as a mark of its quality, because I'm not trying to tell you that, you know, you definitely should like this, and and I, I am a perfect, insightful person on this one, but it feels like what would happen if you and Allison worked together with Owl Cave on a game. (laughs) Good. Okay. So the premise of Stories Untold, first things first, is it is an aesthetic rip on Stranger Things. It is that era of early 80s technology. Uh. Um, It uses a lot of computers as like the interface, but the computer is a computer in the interface in that you have your screen showing a monitor, which is a TV and a plugged in keyboard with a tape deck in it kind of thing. Oh, wow. Okay, we are going back a bit. And when you type in commands, 
the keys uh-huh. you you hear the keys typing in the game um it's it's a very it's a very potent little narrative entity it, it's quite quite impressively structured and it gives you kind of a romp like there are four short stories in this and they give you quite an interesting little romp through different varieties of horror story and different varieties of technology um one of these and it's actually the one where i checked out for a while is sorry where i stopped playing for a while is a game where you have to look things up on a microfiche oh Oh, fun yeah those which is great and and it is is my favorite that was one of my favorite bits of virginia yeah, and it is a completely authentic to my memory microfish, and you have to adjust focus, and you can zoom, and you can flip it, it around. Those tiny little flippers. Yes, yes, wow. it does. And and you know what else? You can bump them while you're adjusting the focus. Oh no! Which is realistic. <laughs> and I suspect, given the way the rest of this game works, I suspect why it does that is because they want to make it so that there will be a moment where you are frantically trying to adjust focus on something in a hurry, bump something, and now, oh hell, I have to do it all over again, in the same way of dropping your keys while someone's advancing on you. Um, there is a, there, there is an access issue I have a slight problem with, in that the second story has a puzzle that I found functionally impossible to solve with the methods that they present to you. Uh, just because it involves looking at, like, the reflection of a flashing light on your own face. So it means that there's a backwards sigil that's also backwards that you need to be able to decipher. And it, it just does my head and I couldn't really get it. And I imagine oh. if you have a problem with looking at flashing lights, that would be a big problem. But, mm-hmm. you know... no. I, I am one of the last people in the world to give anyone guff for looking up FAQs or solutions to things in, in um, uh, point-and-click adventure games. Um, the first one is a game where you are playing a text adventure in an old family abandoned house. And I don't want to spoil any of what goes on in it because it's very short and it's, it's quite excellently done. But um, it uses that interface of a keyboard and the expectations and assumptions you have of video games really well. It's very nice. The second one is you're a test subject in a laboratory working with a really big, complicated computer. So there's things like I need to tune this to a sine wave and you know set the amplifier to this rate. And there's a clause that like all the other equipment must be off and so on and so forth. It's a really interesting, um, really, really well put together um, kind of... The funny thing is it's a really rudimentary puzzle. Like, it just says, here are your instructions. Go do your instructions. And then you're trying to translate red instructions on a computer screen when we're used to diagrams. And, like, a good a good design would be like, you know, well, we're going to diagram this stuff. And it, Really, the thing that's – thinking about it now, it's making accessibility the puzzle. It's saying, hey, imagine if all of our interfaces sucked because <laughs> they did and we've gotten better at them. Yeah, okay. And that's the puzzle. I was like, oh, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I haven't done all four stories. I've only done the first three. Um, they don't appear to be connected, but they all appear to be very smart, um, atmospheric, creepy horror. And if you like the aesthetic of the technology we're talking about, like the loud, clacky, hard metal springs in the keys and, um, you know, thick Bakelite keycaps and whatnot, you, you will probably quite like it. It's quite cheap as well. Who made that? Stories Untold is made by No Code. And developed and published by Devolver Digital, mm-hmm. who are at this point the patron saint of weird, cool stuff. <laughs> um, 
it is it is a little weird. It's it's totally half off. It is a little weird for me to say it like you know I'm recommending this, but you would if you are into being spooked and not spooked like actually spooked, um, with minimal jump scares. Like there's a point where there's thunder and they use and they do use flashing lights for like because this is, the technology is so heavily based around bright flashing lights and whatnot. Um, right. I, I still think that this yeah yeah it's just like threatening horror but not shocking or gross out kind of horror. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's menacing. Oh, and, that's a good word. And if you're the kind of person who likes this sort of thing, the third story has to fe- features you having to do radio decryption with an AM/FM radio Ooh. with a hand oh. dial. It's with oh, a what? funsies with a hand dial because, of course, oh. back then they didn't use incremented digital buttons; they were using, you know, turning the dials, yeah, the tuner dial. Yeah. yeah. Le- legitimately, it is an impressive, impressive little game. Uh, anyway. Speaking of speaking of uh, kind of uh, creepy sort of uh, uh, indie games, have you heard of Localhost? I have not heard of Localhost. That's a good creepy name. <laughs> well, um, it's by I don't know the name of all the people who have made it. Uh, it's kind of a it. It just recently got released. It pretty much immediately went to like the most the the number one selling game on itch.io. It's a game where you. Oh. It's a game where you can where the the plot uh, as I have been in as I have gleaned is you have to convince an AI to sh- let you shut it down. <laughs> and now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news is different for the month of August two thousand fifteen. Brought to you by Sleep Deprivation and General Tagness. We have the Xbox release of a video game. Which is a roguelike stealth thief game. What year? Roguelike stealth thief game. 2015. The Swindle? The Swindle. <laughs> the Swindle. Okay. I don't really know one of those yet. We have the 3DS release of one of the only games I know of, which has putting on a duffel coat as a puzzle. A duffel coat? Based on a, a duffel coat. Based- is this because you're actually three characters in a stack? Close. Oh. What, it is because a you're a beloved coat? British children. It, it's a type of thick coat with like uh, uh, oblong uh, toggles instead of buttons. It's a very heavy felt coat. Yes, uh, I believe they're okay. Scottish uh, in origin, mm-hmm. though by now they would be much more associated with England in general. Yes, in this case, it is of a beloved British children's book character. So this can only be Paddington Bear. It is a Paddington Bear game. Paddington Adventures in London. On the 3DS, which was voiced by the original voice of, Pal- uh, of Paddington, who passed away this year. Oh. Yeah. And whose, whose final statement was that um, the most important thing in the world right now is to be kind to yourself and to one another. But that's a perfect way to go out. Yeah. Uh, we have the PS4 release of a compilation of a fairly forgettable strategy uh, anthology game which started out kind of awkward and got really bad when they introduced uh, The Girl. Uh, the premise is you are... It's a war game where you're using toys to make war. Oh, uh, just called Army Men? Or, uh, <laughs> Jeb got a Toy Soldiers. Army Men was the movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Toy Soldiers War Chest, which introduces... Uh, oh, boy. Go on, Jeb. I thought, I thought that, was the, that was the one with actual, like, G.I. Joe versus Transformers sort of thing. By default, you do not have them, but there is a Hall of Fame edition which includes extra licensed armies, which add uh. Duke and Cobra Commander from G.I. Joe, 
Ezio Auditore da Firenze from Assassin's Creed <laughs> and He-Man from Masters of the Universe. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> which has to be purchased as an additional bundle. Who wants to play yeah, He-Man if you don't play Skeletor? That's nonsense. Well, see, the that's the thing. Is there was a, there was a Toy Soldiers game where that was about playing as like G.I. Joes and He-Man characters and stuff. That yeah. apparently isn't it. <laughs> yep. We have the PS4 and Xbox Online release of a indie game, which was lauded for unique application of its controller. It absolutely requires the use of a controller to play, like it's designed around that interface, and it tells a uh, fairly heavy narrative, honestly. Short puzzle game, you could probably blow through it in an afternoon. The, uh, this war of mine? Uh, no, no. Uh, Three, four, Controller. Seven. Puzzle game with... Nope. Heavy controller use in a puzzle yep. game. But it's not a weird controller because no. we're talking about... It's a standard Xbox controller. Yeah. You need twin sticks. Are we a movement thing? Like tank control twin sticks or rotational? Or? Uh, no, you, you need two joysticks. Is this one of those one of those many, many, two many, characters. many, many two characters at once games? Yes, it is. Is this Ibn Oh, Hopper? is this Brothers? It's Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, 2015. Oh, yeah, it's fucking heavy. Mm. God, I... Okay, um, I Talon has this game, and it's been on my list of things to play, but as it turns out, I saw it played through at Summer Games Done Quick this year, and that is not a good way to experience Brothers. For the for, do, Play it properly, don't watch it. Um, mm-hmm. or at least don't watch a version where you're deliberately trying to glitch characters to fly across the sky and do all kinds of silly speedrun nonsense, because it, it definitely does us better than that. Yep. On the other hand, it just made me super angry, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's got one of the best mechanical expressions of a story event that I have ever seen or heard of, um, and that makes me so angry because of everything else that happens. I'm just like, how fucking dare you be that good? That <laughs> Alright. Yeah. And uh, the last one we're going to talk about here, it is a indie game which relies on, uh, let's say, rubbery physics to get your protagonist character into um, into various creative transformations. Uh, it's an indie game. It came out of the PS4 first. Uh, it subsequently came out on Steam and Xbox Online. Uh, Xbox Online. I keep calling Xbox... I keep on calling Xbox One Xbox Online just because XBO... Um, X-Blah. X-Blah. No, it's, it's, it's X-Boo. Um, uh, this game was also speedrun this year. Uh, this game, you are not playing a human entity or a humanoid entity. You aren't playing an animal either. You're playing an object. Oh, okay. For a second there, I was going to be like, Octodad doesn't transform you. No. Um, But interestingly, Octodad did come out in this month. (laughs) Is it I Am Bread? It is I Am Bread. Well done. (laughs) That is a fun thing to watch speedrun because that is such a silly ass game that doing it with an audience who can't hold their shit together at 3 a.m. is that's a, <laughs> that's a quality way to experience that game. Also, the game I, I couldn't actually imagine explaining in any useful way uh, that almost got on the list of retro titles this time. Fly Wrench. Um, I feel like that was at SGDQ this year as well. It was. Last year. It, it was. was this year. Okay. Um, Fly Wrench is like a three color game where you're playing this falling object that you can like spring. That up in is the, the air. one where you're spinning the stage, isn't it? Sometimes you spin the stage. Yeah, you don't have to. It's not. It's not the thing they do in all of them. Oh, okay. It's it's a very mechanic game. It's very small and indie. It's one of those games that will just eat <laughs> your time if you let it. 
<laughs> the fully abstract time sink uh, school of puzzle games. Yeah. So that's our... Uh, oh, oh. <clears throat> also at this time, uh, we had the release of both the Dishonored and Gears of War Ultimate Editions, Mega Man Legacy Collection, Octodad Deadliest Catch, and the iOS uh, release of me? Bioshock. <clears throat> excuse me. Excuse me. I believe that's what did I Octodad Deadliest Catch. Oh my goodness, you're right. I did I did that. My bad. My bad. You unpunned. Yeah. Also, Until Dawn came out at that point. So... Which is... The best description of... I think it was... The best description of Until Dawn I've ever heard. It's a David Cage game without David Cage there to fuck it up. <laughs> Oh god, I'm sorry if I came in hot there. Oh, ooh, are you are you okay, Jeff? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh in your ear. <laughs> Fuck me, that's good. Oh dear. And because I'll inevitably forget it, September 2015, on the first day, we saw the release of Danganronpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls. Oh boy. I, the spin-off. I think we know Ultra Despair Girls. <laughs> anyway. That was just a, up as an interesting beast. I'm not going to talk about it, but it sure is an interesting beast. Yeah, I I want to play it before I comment on it, but then I look at exactly what's involved in playing it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have the time. Who does have the time? I I just can't handle the boob gravity. <laughs> it works for some people. That's fine. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't like titties drawn that way, but I can't. I just can't. <laughs> All right, then. So that was just a handful of the games that came out in 2015, August. Thank you very much for playing along. Uh, that was the Downloadable Concept Podcast. As ever always, that was Jeb. I don't think anybody actually plays along. <laughs> you two. You were playing along. <laughs> yeah, we weren't thanking us, surely. I was, speaking I was of thanking people, nice. we should Speaking of thanking people, I'd like to thank the people who support <laughs> us on Patreon. Because town yes. forgot. Yeah, you guys rule. Yes. Well, I was going to do that after the, the outro, but you no, know, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally well, I just, fine. <laughs> I just hijacked the outro to be nice to the people yep. who give us money. Yes. We don't usually thank the patrons after the outro. No, we don't normally. I was I was shaking it up a little. But no, Jeb is right. And why are we all holding the wheel at the same time? This is not going to work. Yeah, this way. <laughs> so anyways, thank you very that much. was Fox. Uh, that was Jeb. And that was Talon. <laughs> That was unintentional. <laughs> Didn't he? He, he did it. He shook it up. You guys, you guys got to stop shaking stuff up. Munchlax did not like me shaking. Please do not shake the Munchlax. We are steady people. Do not shake. Thank you. Oh my god, how did I miss that? What do you miss?
in the retro gaming news. Garfield Kart came out on the 3DS. Oh, Talon, you're letting us down. Oh, one chance. <laughs> Let's do it and drop in. Garfield Kart doesn't have a web page. <laughs> of course it doesn't. Garfield Kart. Garfield Kart, if you open the Garfield Kart link on Wikipedia, you get... It goes to Garfield? It, you get a link to not the company that made it, not the company that owns the company that made it, but the company that owns the company that made the game. Oh, Coke Media, okay. wow. which is a German company and oh. explicitly wants to make clear it is not Coke Industries. That, that we are not Coke with the CH as well if it's German. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, you're right. Yeah, um, and they're based they're based in Bavaria, Germany, in the town of Plainegg. <laughs> Quality names, Germany. Good job. <laughs> I like it. And the best thing is this German company. <clears throat> This German company owns Deep Silver. Oh. And Deep Silver didn't make Garfield Kart. Thank God. That's good for Deep Silver. So wait, does that mean... <laughs> I feel that, like that's but, a win for them. But if they're all owned, like, you know, the, in the same corporate structure, does this mean that Garfield yeah. Kart, Karting could show up in the next Saints Row game? Yeah. That would uh, and, own. And by the way, you know what... <laughs> You want to know what is the responsible? You want to know what's responsible for the the multimedia success, the the pure financial juggernaut of Coke Media that lets them do things like, oh, THQ is dying. We will buy all their franchises. Uh, the, Smurfs. Oh. like the old Smurfs. <laughs> German dubs uh? of the King of Queens. Wow. Okay. Yes. I was sort of close, but definitely yes. not. In 2007, one million copies of The King of Queens in German <laughs> sold on DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, Germany, what oh. the hell? How? Oh. <laughs> I can't even believe that many copies were made. Germany, we need to have a talk. Okay, that's... That show's not funny. The dub voices. The dub voices for The King of Queens in German go to conventions. They're like famous and shit. God, I remember. Oh, I remember David Hasselhoff was famous in Germany, and I have so many questions. Germany, I have so many questions. <laughs> Germany, if you're listening, please answer these questions. Why? <laughs> yeah, you know how Japan is like the all-purpose go-to for like what, what, what wacky person who was never heard of again in the U.S. was famous forever in Japan. Yeah. No, no. Apparently, Germany. Um. The, the thing about Coke Media and the reason they made this, it, it, this is actually connected to why Deep Silver works the way it does, is because as a company, they buy up projects that were almost complete mm-hmm. and dropped and finished them. And they usually do mm-hmm. this for microscopic amounts of the total yeah, cost. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't right. bother taking on something so, uh, well, risky, I guess, yeah. ultimately, if, if you weren't doing it for just shit all money. And this means that Coke Media are responsible for, <laughs> amongst other things, Volition's Saints Row franchise. They own the Metro franchise from Deep Silver. Uh, sorry, they, they own the publishing rights for Metro franchise. They bought Homefront from Crytek. They have the Garfield Kart franchise. But this means that Deep Silver's publishing history is 200 games in 14 years. <laughs> ah, right. Because they're, they're just putting the capstones on. <laughs> yeah, they're just finishing shit. Um, I have a question. When when you said what the Garfield cart, I can't believe I said that. When you said what the Garfield cart link went to, I thought it was going to be to the movie. No, but 
this leads me like, okay, are we are we talking about the Garfield, game uses the old cartoony versions of the characters? Garfield Cart has yes. nothing to do a with the movies. Of the awful mo- wow. It is it is the newspaper comic Garfield Cart, and it was mm-hmm. so successful. Who makes that in twenty film? Well, how about this? It was so successful. It's getting a switch release and an upgrade no. called Garfield Cart Deluxe. They got a Steam port. Yeah, Garfield Cart is on Steam well, right now. Yeah, we we could go and have a, a, a DLC throwdown tournament of Garfield Cart. You could you could stream Garfield Cart right now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ahem. It's so, terrible. Yes. We're not just going to leave that floating ominously in the air, and that's what we go. Oh yeah! That, by the way, this whole thing on Garfield Cart. Bong. This is the stinger. <laughs> yeah. This is just going to be like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not going anywhere. 